Hello, this is Richard Russell, and you are listening to Creativity and Composition. Thanks for joining me today. I've had the good fortune over the past six months or so to attend many classes and workshops and masterclasses led by a composer you may or may not know by the name of George Santakis. If he's somebody you don't know, I recommend getting to know a little bit more about him. His last name is spelled T-S-O-N-T-A-K-I-S. Mr. Santakis is published by Theodore Presser, and his big claim to fame recently, uh, just over a year ago or so, he was named the recipient of the 2005 Gravemeyer Award for his Violin Concerto No. 2. That's the prestigious composition award given by the University of Louisville in Kentucky. He has had many numerous residencies and teaching appointments all around the world, and his music has been recorded on many different labels. If you'd like to explore more, I'd recommend getting a couple of his CDs, uh, that aforementioned Violin Concerto No. 2, also his String Quartets No. 3 and 4, and there's an interesting orchestral piece uh, he wrote called Four Symphonic Quartets. That's a good one also. Now, despite his very exalted resume, you couldn't ask for a more down-to-earth person. He's plain-spoken, easy to get to know, easy to talk to. He loves woodworking and getting his hands dirty. He mentioned once how he constructed a -a one-of-a-kind percussion instrument out of suspended crowbars. And to get the exact tuning he was looking for, he did that himself with a power sander on the crowbar. So this is the kind of fellow that we're talking about. I don't think he would be the least bit insulted if I described him sort of like a ranch hand more than an esteemed composer. Here's a guy who has a true sense of who he is and, quote, composer, unquote, is just the part of it. Now, he has given me three valuable lessons in the last six months, which I would like to share with you guys. These are things he sort of said in passing, very casual, you know. These were not offered as pronouncements from on high. That's just not his style. And so here is my disclaimer. These are ideas presented by George Sintakis. But these are not his words. I'm putting this into my own words. And I'm not nearly as plain-spoken as Mr. Santakis, and I offer my apologies to him in this regard. He said so much with so little, but the more I think about these items, the more profound they become. So, lesson number one. Don't take composition too seriously. That sounds pretty simple and actually kind of offhand, doesn't it? And Mr. Santakis himself can sometimes be of a bit of an offhand person about the profession of composition. I remember in one of his talks, he even talked about how he took a year off from serious composition, although he would keep up with it mentally in his mind while he was out in the backyard digging up earth with his backhoe. Yes, folks, he has a backhoe. Well, now, how about you? Uh, What are your outside interests besides composing? Maybe it's gardening or photography or travel, But consider how the other things in life inform who you are as a composer. Also, consider how extracurricular activities give your life balance. In fact, Mr. Santaka studied acting for a long time before he became serious about composition, and acting remains one of his many hobbies. He's got a part in an upcoming play in spring 2006, and he was talking to us about how he got the part. It was not a pressure cooker situation for him. He described that since he didn't feel any pressure at all, he was very effortless in his line readings, and the people who listened to him audition thought, wow, this guy's a real natural. 
Now, if only it was that easy for us to do that as composers. I've just recently finished a piece of my own, which I think is a terrific piece, and have had some trouble getting started on my next piece. I feel a sense of needing to keep up with myself, you know. My next piece should be even bigger and better than the last one. I once heard Ezra Lottman say that he gets around this problem by always alternating writing a big piece followed by a small piece, followed by a big piece, and so on. But consider Mr. Suntakis' approach to acting. If we could just be effortless in our composition, that's half the battle right there. We all have this image in our minds of the struggling artist slaving away night after day just to be after the right chord for his composition, or if he's a poet, he's searching for just the right word or just the right rhyme. But does it have to be that way? Mozart was famous for writing scores free of mistakes or erasures. His compositional style was effortless. And that's how you keep it fresh and relaxed. It may be easier said than done, though. But it's a terrific state of mind to be in when you are composing. And as I start my next piece, I'm keeping that in mind. Okay, lesson number two. Mr. Suntakis was giving a master class and a young composer presented his work. Now, imagine you are the teacher in this situation. You want to be supportive, but you also want to give an honest assessment for the student. And yet, this is someone you don't know at all, and you are seeing his scores and perhaps listening to it be performed for the first time. What do you say? Well, the first thing Mr. Suntakis said was that when he sees a new score or when he hears some new music, it's the equivalent of him saying, Where are you from? Where are you from? Interesting. When you are at a party or some social gathering and you want to meet someone new, how often does that question come up? We ask, Where are you from? What do you do? Etc. We're gregarious people and we want to know more about each other. Well, your music is your calling card. Your music tells us where you're from. In fact, this is true across a broad spectrum of arts, watching movies by Alfred Hitchcock or Woody Allen or Martin Scorsese. They each tell us where they're from. Manet and Monet, although they are both French painters who lived at the same time, were coming from different places. Likewise, Picasso and Matisse. They lived at the same time but were coming from completely different points of view. Bach, Beethoven, Brahms, Bartok. We've never met any of these people, but their art has told us who they are. As a composer, what is your point of view? Where are you from? What are your values? And here's the hardest one to answer. Here's one to think about. Are these values coming through in your music? Now, I'll take a tangent here to talk about musical style. In my day job, I meet a lot of young, budding composers, and a terrific question to ask these people is, which composers do they listen to? You'd be surprised how many times no one from the 20th century is ever mentioned. It's as if Bartok and Stravinsky never wrote music to say nothing of Leonard Bernstein or Irving Berlin. You know, you can imagine Arnold Schoenberg at a party looking a little stiff and academic, while Cole Porter is over at the piano being the life of the party. Which person are you drawn to? Which one do you want to meet? There isn't a right answer to that, by the way. But the two images I just gave you truly come forth in the music of these two composers. And you should try to meet different types of people, just like at a cocktail party. Imagine what John Cage or Philip Glass must be like to meet. Anyway, you might not like everyone you are introduced to, but you shouldn't close yourself off to meeting new people. You never know who you might be introduced to. Which is not to say you have to abandon your favorite older composers. 
Perhaps you might say Beethoven is your favorite composer, for instance, and you'd like to write like him. That's fine, but don't forget to let us know who you are. Where are you from? George Santakis, for instance, talks about being very inspired by Beethoven and his use of motivic cells. Mr. Santakis likes to use cells also, but he is also fascinated by Byzantine music. Santakis is a Greek name, if you don't know, and you'll find that Byzantine influence in his music. Also, he described one of his string quartet movements as being inspired by both Beethoven and rock and roll. And sure enough, when I listen to it, I can hear some crunchy guitar power chords in there. So yes, by all means, take your inspiration wherever you find it, because your music is your calling card. Let us, the audience who doesn't know you yet, know your values. Tell us where you're from. Okay, enough for lesson two. Now, the third lesson Mr. Suntakis passed along is the most interesting one, and is really an outgrowth of the first two. If you had to summarize the first two, I might say you could say, uh, be yourself and also be comfortable with who you are, or something like that. Now, you might want to grab a pencil and paper for this one, unless you were listening to this while you're driving a car or something. Don't have any accidents. This third lesson is an approach to composing that helps overcome one of the most pernicious attitudes many of us have inside ourselves as creative types. A lot of composers, especially young composers, are very concerned with pushing the envelope and being very modern and up-to-date. They don't want to write anything that could be conceived in any way as being run-of-the-mill. They want to be on the bleeding edge so badly that they are willing to write just any last thing to the point even of losing their craft or giving offense. And this is true not just in composition, but across all art forms. We all know some paintings or movies that were just completely offensive to us, to ourselves, but the artist thought, well, I'm on the bleeding edge of the future. So here's what Mr. Sintakis had to say about that. Take your pencil and paper and draw a line from left to right on the page. Put a little arrow pointing to the right. Imagine this is the timeline of music history from the past on the left to the present on the right. Most composers are very concerned with getting that arrow to move over to the right. They don't want to be seen as marking time. They want to advance the cause of music history. How very noble of these people. Now, on the left side of your horizontal line, draw a line going up. In the middle of your horizontal line, draw a line going up there too. And somewhere over on the right side of the line, draw a third line going up. This one should be a little bit shorter than the other two. Don't forget to put those little upward pointing arrows on those three lines. Now the line furthest to the left, let's call that Bach. The line in the middle, you can call that Beethoven. The line on the right hand side, you can call George Santacos, or maybe even you want to put your own name there. The goal of your composition career isn't to move that horizontal history line to the right. The goal is to keep your own personal line moving ever upward. Bach and Beethoven, toward the tops of their individual lines, were writing the most modern music of their lives. Now, a curious thing happens in Beethoven's case. Toward the top of his line, when he was writing his most modern stuff, he frequently wrote fugues, which weren't modern at all anymore, in terms of the left-right history line. So what are you composing that advances your own personal music history? This is the line, your own personal line that goes upwards. 
that you actually have control over and responsibility for. Don't worry about that line that points to the right. The line of music history moves forward with or without you. Instead, keep your eye on developing your own personal line ever upward, even if it means taking a step backward to writing fugues like Beethoven did. Okay, so a quick review of the George Santakis lessons. One, be effortless. Two, where you're from. Three, take responsibility for developing your own compositional timeline. If you found these items food for thought and would like to know more about George Santakis, I encourage you to check him out online. His CDs are available at Amazon.com and at other websites also. And the correct spelling of his last name again is T-S-O-N-T-A-K-I-S. The correct spelling of my name will lead you to my website, where I hope you'll browse around and perhaps drop me a line. I'm at www.rdrussell.com. That's R-D-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com. And I'd like to thank you all for listening. Until next time, this is Richard Russell with Creativity and Composition saying, keep creating. <laughs>